is this thing, Kyle? It's a hand hand sanitizer, and it's got an air bubble in it. So while we were standing here, and I was talking, Lon just spent a minute basking in the air bubble that he made in the hand sanitizer container. The air bubble was in there. That's what happens during the breaks here on the drive. (laughs) Well, the one day I flipped like a dime or a penny or something, and it landed on its side or whatever. You remember that? I oh, I do remember that. And I think it cut, the camera kind of caught it, it but did. it didn't it really did. see it. So I just, it just did it saw again. your reaction to it. <laughs> right. I just did it again. So when I turn this upside down, the air bubble turns into a heart. I think that's pretty cool. Diane, you can confirm that. Now it's just a triangle. Looks like a piece of pizza. All right, it's the drive with Tay and Piper. It's Tuesday. I'm already off the rails. I, we got a long week ahead of us. If anybody would like to volunteer to take my spot with Kyle the next three days, uh, just shoot Diana t- email or a text, and uh, she will weed out uh, all of the candidates and and pick one for sure. Let's get to the Tapman's Towing phone line. Matt Silich, our guy, joining us right now. What's up, Matty? Hey, how's it going? Good, buddy. I It was funny. I was on my way to work uh, today, on my way to radio, excuse me, and I was like, isn't the trade deadline coming up? And I Googled it real quick, and sure enough, it's the 8th, which is two days from now, and I thought, we better get Matt on. But, of course, in the story that I read, Matt, it said, don't expect a lot of activity at the trade deadline. So I assume we might not have a lot to talk about with the trade deadline, but my question would be in the NBA – could there be a trade? Is there still like a? Is there still one out there that could make a difference for a team this season? You think? I do think there are some trades out there. Um, you know, I think what you might have uh, have seen, and this is definitely kind of the case in the league right now. But there, there's a lot of hesitancy to make a big move over the next couple of days, and the reason is because starting next. Uh, next fiscal year for the NBA, so starting in July, um, they are changing the rules for how teams that are way over the salary cap can operate. And, of course, most teams that are way over the salary cap are teams that are contending for the championship. Correct. They're the teams that are most likely to make a trade to buy somebody um, and potentially give up picks or whatever uh, to – to try to go all in on a championship run right now. So examples are like, you know, your Lakers and your Bucks. A lot of these teams have either already made a big move, like the Bucks trading for Damian Lillard, for example, or the Celtics trading for Drew Holiday, or they may not ultimately make a move, which could be the case for somebody like the Lakers, because they're scared of a number of additional penalties that are going to be ah, added to gotcha. the that are going to restrict the movement of teams that are like way over the cap starting next year. So this is kind of the last trade deadline before these new moves come into play. And so I think that for that reason, you probably won't see a ton of action, but there are still some opportunities for teams to get better. And I wouldn't be surprised if we see a couple um, decent sized moves. I think the biggest one that has been rumored by uh, various people going into the deadline has been DeJounte Murray moving away from the Hawks toward, excuse me, toward the Lakers. Mm. Um, a deal between the Lakers and Atlanta for DeJounte Murray makes some sense. Uh, the Lakers have been trying to upgrade on that D'Angelo Russell spot. Russell's having a fine season, but he's not really the type of guy who's going to elevate them into, um, you know, a true, true championship contender level. Sure. Maybe some people think they're already there. I think they probably aren't quite at that level. Unless everything goes right, they stay perfectly healthy, etc. cetera. Uh, so that's, that's one that we could see. And there's a few others that might be interesting. Like Philly is in a position where they might be able to make some trades. They're actually in one of the best salary positions of almost any contending team in the league. The awkwardness there is, of course, that Joel Embiid is now hurt and out for at least a month and likely well beyond that. And so that, that means, you know, maybe that's going to change their appetite for a trade over the next couple days here. Um, there's other teams like the Knicks who you could see trying to potentially upgrade because they feel like they might be able to vault themselves into contention for the East crown. So there's some, some various options that are possibilities, but I wouldn't say there's one that's like a, a shoe in. Whereas in the last couple of years, you might've been able to say that, Hey, I think this team's definitely going to make a move. I don't know if I really see that this year. 
From what you just said, I've got a lot of questions because that's what they taught me in college to listen and then come up with questions from that. My first one, Matt, would be this. Do you need a Harvard degree to keep track of the NBA and how everything works? Because I can't figure out the draft picks, let alone now they're going into a new system next season. How Does it just change all the time, or do I just not pay attention enough? I would say it probably – it doesn't change all the time. It, it tends to change on these five- or ten-year cycles because I okay. think that's how often typically – they renegotiate the collective bargaining agreement. Um, it's usually like each deal is for about the next five to 10 years or so. And then they come back to the table and rules may change at that point. And yeah, basically what happened in this last, this last negotiation cycle was that they agreed starting, you know, in, in, in the near future and that near future is future is now nearly here mm-hmm. uh, that, that they wanted to, to more significantly penalize teams that were operating way over the tax. It basically was a sort of a reaction to how good Golden State became yep. uh, under the old model and just being able to fit Curry, Durant, uh, Draymond, Clay Thompson, all of those guys on huge deals under the cap, uh, not under the cap, over the cap, but still within the realm of legality. Got it. They basically said, we can't allow teams that are this high over the tax uh, to, to operate this way anymore. I'm not sure if it'll be if it's going to work the way they want it to, to be honest. I think we have a lot that remains to be seen, but it's certainly a starting point for maybe trying to even out and add more parity into the league. So it does it does require some close uh, observation to stay on top of it all because a lot of significant things change when those collective bargaining agreements come up. But I will say that we're likely to go another few years after this change without anything further adjusting. All right. Is it similar to the way Major League Baseball does it without a ta- without a salary cap? They kind of have – I can't think of the term I'm thinking of in baseball. It's like a tax. If you go over the threshold and then you're going to pay you know, a penalty for that, I assume it's kind of similar to what MLB is doing? Yeah, it, it's, it's not too dissimilar. I, MLB is like I, – I don't know all of the particulars of how that works, but I think it's basically like there's, there's not a cap but there is a, and there's not a floor. So you, right. have, you don't have to spend a certain amount. The NBA no, notably has a salary floor that you have to reach every year mm. um, to keep every team investing to a similar amount. Um, but they they both operate with a similar level in terms of the uh, tax. So in MLB, I think it's, yeah, it's some sort of uh, collective bargaining agreement that they have to, if they spend over a certain amount of money, you have to like pay out more to the league or Got something it. like that. Got it. Okay. This is a somewhat similar situation where it's, the more you go over the the NBA salary cap, um, the more your movement in trades and signings is restricted, and the uh, more like basically the cost of a salary is sort of tripled. You have to pay like triple the amount to um, keep a guy, and the money doesn't all go to the player. You know, the regular salary goes to the player, and the rest of the money gets sent into the league. Um, but yeah, there, there's a yep. similar sort of, uh, way to keep it more competitive. I follow Matt Sillich on Twitter cause he's a good dude. M Sillich two, just the number two. If you're an NBA geek like Matt, you definitely want to follow him because he is a great guy to, uh, to, to follow with regards to the NBA for sure. Matt, I want to ask you this, you know, I'm a Sixers fan and I'm not asking this in a funny way through all these years. Are they an unlucky team? Because it seems like there's always an injury, and it just seems like certain guys, you know, like they brought in one guard who all of a sudden forgot how to shoot a basketball, which is like really weird, Markel Fultz. And then they brought in another guy in Ben Simmons who wouldn't even dunk a basketball late in his career with the Sixers, which is really weird. I, I, are they just kind of unlucky, or are they just bad at what they do, but yet still good? I think, I think, <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. They have to be good to some degree, right? Because right. they're so consistently high in the standings every year, but it is frustrating that they haven't been able to take the next step. I think you're, you're basically spot on. They, they're not lucky. Um, you could say they've been lucky in certain ways, uh, but it's very hard in sports. I think just in general to like attribute luck or skill. Um, an example that comes to mind is like the 2016 Cubs, which I love reminding you of, of course, but like, that team was good for a few years after, mm-hmm. uh, but ultimately, like looking back, a lot of those players have regressed significantly, even though it's only been, you know, a handful of years since they were in their prime. And you kind of look back and you're like, 
wow, it was kind of the perfect storm where all of those guys were at the perfect point of their career to create this World Series winning team. And while they went to the NLCS a couple years after that, it didn't feel like they ever got back to that same super elite level that we saw them maintain for a season. I think it's a similar situation with the Sixers where it's like, for the Cubs, was it it Uh luck in that one season? Was it skill? It's a combination of both. I think they've been unlucky for example, with like the Mark Fultz pick. I don't think there's any way you could have predicted no. what was going to happen to Mark Fultz when he played at Washington. He was an incredible scorer. He was a great shooter. He had shot, shot a high percentage from three. There were no issues and no indications that he was going to have a medical issue. I think he had thoracic outlet syndrome was what he was ultimately diagnosed with. Um, you know, there, there was no evidence that that was going to be the case. So that's certainly bad luck. Sure. Um, you know, at the same time, there are Maybe there were player development ways of getting around that. Maybe they could have been, you know, done a better job of empowering him as a team to get healthy before he tried to come back when it seemed like he still couldn't shoot. I don't really know, right? There's so much we don't know about that. But I will say overall, I think they have had some pretty tough luck because you've had untimely Embiid injuries. You've had Ben Simmons not not just like randomly not uh, being motivated enough at certain times of the year when he was with them and struggling in those postseason appearances. Uh, you've had the Markel Fultz situation. You've had untimely injuries outside of uh, outside of Joel Embiid. I do think it's interesting that if you look at like Daryl Morey, who uh, obviously runs the Sixers and previously mm-hmm. ran uh, the Houston Rockets, his teams have seemed to have a lot of bad luck uh, <laughs> over the years. Like you could have said, Houston had very bad luck when they were up on Golden State and, and took them to, to Game Six and Game Seven, and then missed. 27 consecutive threes and ended up losing oh, that wow. game to potentially eliminate the 2017 Warriors from the playoffs. Like that's that's an example of like what, what were you? Is there a way to prevent that? Uh, but that's a Daryl Morey team. He's since come to Philly and they've had similar issues. I don't know what that means. Maybe there's some sort of secret culture stuff <laughs> that Daryl Morey needs to try to seek out and incorporate in his franchise. But whatever it is, they definitely have not had the best of luck in it. The credit to how good Joel Embiid is and, and the explosion of Tyrese Maxey that they've oh, still been so wow. good this year, yeah. despite all the guys they've lost over the last few years. Yeah, he's definitely uh, a positive there. A seance, maybe, is what Daryl Morey needs. He needs to do something, you know, do something. Uh, 309 said MLB has the competitive balance tax. Thank you. That was the term I could not yeah, find. Yeah. Uh, Kyle wants to ask you some stuff on Iowa and the Bulls, but I got one more so fill me in on LeBron. I mean, he's just obviously, he'll always be LeBron. He'll always be somebody we talk about. Can, I guess, can the Lakers actually win a title this year? And number two, what happens to him in the future now? Where do you think, does he stay in L.A.? Does Maybe he's already signed to where he can. I thought I heard that he could kind of move on. And where do you think he would target next? Yeah, I think it's a it's a good question, right? I mean, we're talking about a guy who is fundamentally perhaps one of maybe the best player in NBA history. Uh, when we look back at it all at the end, I think it's going to be hard to put him any other, anywhere other than number one or number two. Um, so certainly it matters kind of where he's going right now. LeBron is able to leave as soon as the end of this season. Um, he's definitely kind of uh, been visually putting a little bit more pressure on the organization recently. Um, we've seen him make certain comments or appear to be like about to say something really negative about the coaching of the team. They've, you know, there's been a lot of trade rumors, you know, of them trying to go out and get a guy like DeJounte Murray uh, from the Hawks and trying to somehow upgrade this team to where it can be a true title contender again. I think that as currently constructed, I would not say that they are in the upper echelon grouping of title contenders. I think that they're in a second group that is maybe like teams that kind of have potential, but a lot of things need to go right for them. I, I'm not going to say it's impossible for them to win it this year, but you're looking at a team that basically is around 500. They have a roughly average point differential this year. It's basically zero. That suggests that it's not like they're playing amazing, but they're not seeing it in their results, right? Like they're playing like an average team and their their record indicates they're an average mm-hmm. team. LeBron's playing fine. Um, he's obviously playing incredibly well for a 39-year-old, unprecedented level for a 39-year-old. But in terms of, is he still a top five player? Probably not. He's probably not a 
top five most impactful player in the league. He's probably somewhere in the five to 20 range, depending on, you know, what you think of certain guys. So I think it's a little bit tough to say. I mean, Anthony Davis has been phenomenal this year. He's been fully healthy, and the Lakers are still roughly an average team. So I wouldn't say they're in that top title contending group. I think in terms of future prospects, LeBron has been really vocal about the fact that he wants to play with his son. He wants to play right. with Bronny James, who's currently at USC. Bronny is not performing particularly incredibly at USC, at least to my knowledge. I'm not the biggest college basketball, uh, most knowledgeable college basketball fan. But I don't think he's doing anything amazing there. He's been more of a uh, part of the machine, I guess, a cog in the machine at USC. So does that mean he's going to be a high pick uh, next year if he goes to the Charlotte Hornets in the draft this year, assuming that Bron even declares for the draft? But if he goes to the Charlotte Hornets, is LeBron going to go to the Hornets? Ooh. Like there's, there's a lot of interesting pieces here. He, he stated that that's his goal, but... Obviously, a lot needs to go right for a team to sign LeBron James. So we'll see where he goes from here. I think he's probably thinking at this point about his legacy, about right. what matters to him. He said that that's Bronny, playing with Bronny. Who knows if that outweighs contending for a title, being in a large market. You can't say he's in a more visible market. Um, you can't say he's in, he could find a more visible yeah, exactly. market than where he is right now. Exactly. Um, so we'll see how how all of these different things weigh, he has the ability to opt out of his contract as soon as this year. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it's up to him, but we just don't know. Matt, I got to ask Great about stuff. the Bulls. Uh, they're just kind of in this frustrating spot, it seems like, where they're on the edge of the play in the last <laughs> two years. We've asked Matt this question I know, for five this, years. Piper's <laughs> asked this one like three times, but you, you got to keep... It, you got to keep asking you it, You got to keep asking it. I, Refuse to move on from this kind of older core here. We've seen Zach Levine's name and a bunch of trade rumors, and of course he's out for the year now, so that's not going to happen. What do you just make of this current Bulls situation? What do you see as kind of the path forward for this team? Yeah, I think it's they're. <laughs> here's the same answer I've been giving for five years. <laughs> right. I think they're in a bit of a tough spot. <laughs> um, you know. I, when they committed to this crew, I feel like I've maybe said a similar answer to this, to be honest, a couple of times. When they committed to this crew and they made the trade of Wendell Carter for Nikola Vucevic, which is really the trade that I think declared their intentions of trying to compete right away for playoff spots, um, I don't think it declared their intention to compete for a title, right? It basically was like a declaration of passable mediocrity. Um, you know, I, I think they were looking like they might be better than that when they had Lonzo Ball. Of course, we know that the bad luck, right, you can attribute some bad luck here. They've had bad luck with Lonzo Ball. That was a guy they signed to be a corner piece on this team. One of the players on this team that was on the younger side who would ideally grow into a more prominent role, um, much the same way that, like, Kobe White has. You can see this version of Kobe White and the version of Lonzo Ball that we saw a couple years ago. You can see those two being a phenomenal duo as a backcourt. Of course, we're not seeing that, right? So it's not like this was an entirely ill-thought-out and ill-prepared idea of a basketball team, but it's ultimately just a very average-to-below-average basketball team because of the injuries they've had, because of the lack of depth on the bench that they have, and just overall kind of underperformance and decline from a guy like Vucevic, from a guy like Drozen, who's playing fine, but nothing special, right? Um, I think in terms of where they go from here, I would probably say it's there's still room to kind of, I don't think you, it's easy to blow this thing up, right? We just talked about how not a lot of teams out there are looking for mate, uh, sure. big contract players to, to acquire right now. So even before Levine got hurt, I think they were going to be a bit hard-pressed to find a market for him. Um, that's kind of the issue I see here is, Yes, you'd kind of like to get off the DeRozan deal, which is expiring pretty soon. Yes, you'd like to get off Zach Levine's deal, which is, extends, I think, for two or three more years. Yes, you, you almost at this point would immediately like to get off the Vucevic deal that you just signed for a couple more years. I don't know what team is going to come in and take those guys. If it's not the Lakers taking Levine or DeRozan, which I don't think is happening at this point, I don't know who it's going to be, and it means you probably are kind of stuck running it back. Um, I do think they could maybe find a suitor for Levine at some point here, and maybe if he comes off 
gets his uh, procedure done, rests and recovers, comes back and is, plays well next season, he can either help the team or be a trade asset. But he looked so checked out in the 25 games he played this year. Right. And the team you know, went on the, this run that they're on where they've been playing slightly better ball without him. just makes it hard to count on any of that. So as sad as an answer as it is, there's not a lot of teams in the NBA right now that have the combination of kind of a lack of mobility and the lack of uh, basketball talent that the Bulls have right now. And it's not to say there aren't any promising players on their team. Kobe White emerging this year as a true starting level, starting caliber point guard is awesome. It's a really cool story. Happy for him. I think Io playing well over the course of this year. He's just proving that he's a guy who will perform when he gets time. So those things are great. It's just the overall macro picture here is just not very encouraging. Right. Uh, and it's hard to know exactly when that's going to change with the exception of potentially getting in some sort of great draft pick in the near future. You mentioned Io there. That's another guy yes. that you've been asked about a lot on this program probably. But what, what do you see – what have you seen from him as he's kind of gotten an opportunity to step in with Levine's injury and some other injuries here? Do you think that he is a – a building block for this Bulls team going forward? Obviously, he just signed a new three-year contract, but is he somebody that could be part of that next wave, or is he somebody that could carve out a nice career wherever he goes? I think Io is just going to, at this point, he's shown enough, he's going to stick in the league for five-plus more years, which is amazing, right? That means you're getting another contract. That means you're getting more and more. I think that's the exciting part if you're an Illinois fan like I am or a fan of Io like I am. He's shown enough already on this contract is the start of his second contract to prove himself as a, as an NBA player, a bona fide great bench player, maybe even a fringe starter if he continues to develop and improve, which is of course not out of the question at all for a guy who is only what, 24 years old. Um, so he, he can certainly continue to get better and better. And I don't think he's, it, it's unlikely we'll ever see him in a starring starting role at this point. Um, but, and again, you know, a couple years into his career, Kobe White was not looking like he would ever get there either. And now we are seeing it in front of our eyes. So it's hard to count out guards, especially young guards, because it's so hard to play a sort of ball dominant guard position in the NBA. Um, so I don't think we can totally count out further development from IO, but uh, it's already, that, that's not to say anything negative. He's already done an amazing job. He's thriving when he's given time in a role. I think he can be part of that next uh, few years for the Bulls. I think there's no reason to trade him. He's on a great, he's a great value on the current contract he has. Uh, so they'll keep him around most likely. It's just a matter of how will the pieces around him shift to potentially get him more time. If the Bulls, for example, go ahead and trade Alex Caruso, who maybe returns right. decent stuff for them, that's one of their best trade assets. They trade Alex Caruso, boom, a ton more playing time for Io, and they really see what he can do in an elevated role. So there's a lot that goes into that. But I do think, as a baseline, he's doing a great. He's doing a great job. He's playing well. He's he's performing when called upon. He's not uh, he's not you know getting upset when that sure. playing time was lessened earlier in the year. He's just he's filling a role. He's doing it well. Great stuff, Matt Sillage. I can't let you go real quick without thoughts on the Illini, ranked tenth in the country. I know you still follow your alma mater, uh, alma mater pretty heavily. Uh, there, there's a lot to like about this team, my friend, especially with Shannon back. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it's been like kind of uneven since they got Shannon back where like I, right. I didn't love the performance against Nebraska, but obviously Nebraska has been playing better this year. Um, Fred Hoiberg has that team playing well. I think overall, it's just like what a, what a huge addition to Matt has been. Like mm. that's the thing that sticks out to me this year is like, Oh, this team really needed a, a jolt of scoring, some better, some better shooters, some better uh, playmakers when it came down to the stretch of games. And he's just—he's been phenomenal in that role. Uh, it's really, really nice to see them have a player like him, a guy who can go from shooting threes to backing down smaller guards in the post. Uh, so he's the one who sticks out to me the most this year. I wish he were shooting a little bit better. Agree. Uh, but the ability to kind of at least make plays from the outside get to the basket and occasionally hit that shot. Um, and then you, of course, have some other shooters around him like Luke Goody and Coleman Hawkins and, of course, Shannon. It's just – it's been a nice mix on this team. So it's really nice to see them playing well. I don't know that they're necessarily a team that I can trust in the uh, in March Madness yet just because <laughs> – 
we had some disappointments there under Brad Underwood. Sure. There's been some weird moments where they aren't playing the way that they are capable of in those big games. But overall, I mean, is there a team with a really, really strong offense and a, a balanced, strong defense as well? Hard to uh, hard to be upset when you're contending at this level after I witnessed and went to Illinois during the four worst years in the history of Illinois basketball. The worst four-year stretch in the history of Illinois basketball. Did not see a tournament appear during my four years from 2013 to 2017. So anything is better than that. (laughs) Holy cow, Matt. I I forgot all about that. And you were right here at the station. (laughs) Just right. We were all just like miserable. <laughs> was just a, oh yeah, was, I mean one. I think I had the worst four years of both combined major uh, men's sports at Illinois because we had one bowl appearance. It was the uh, I can't remember the name of the bowl, but it was the one where they lost to Louisiana Tech. Yes. And Louisiana Tech was led by an Illinois transfer. I think maybe his name was like Houston Base or yes, something like that. Yes, yes. And he just wrecked <laughs> Illinois up and down that season. I mean, it was just. It was just an unbelievable four years, uh, and I really, I, I really wish we we could have maybe you know made the tournament one time. But hey, both sports I think are in a much better place now. Yes, you're right. Uh, so I'm very happy with the current state of Illinois sports. I just hope these teams uh, keep performing to this level. Maybe Illinois can knock off um, Michigan State this coming weekend. That would be great. Amen. Amen. And if you want to help Matt uh, get through that cycle of how, what he had to witness his venmo is at matt no i'm i don't know his venmo. i've never venmoed matt but that is pathetic matt i never have i didn't even think about that the sad news is i was here talking about it so i obviously yeah. i obviously lived it so uh yeah let's just not go back to that time again let's don't ever do that uh, is that a deal yeah, I think that's I think that's the deal. I, I'd say that uh, Josh Woman has done a great job turning around these Amen. two programs, at least to the degree that uh, that they have been turned around. I think I was a Bielma doubter, and now it's hard to be uh, such a doubter when they are actually winning a decent number of games, looking competitive. Yes, they could have been better last year, but I I, I go online and I see people complaining about how bad they were this last year, and I'm like, man, I watched some some Bill Cubit teams. I gotta be honest. <laughs> It was not great. <laughs> so I will I will take like four and eight, five and seven. Anything's better than like two and ten. Amen. I'll take it. Amen to that. Matt Silich, it is always awesome to have you on. Your knowledge of the NBA is ridiculous. And uh, we'll just continue to do it in the future here. And maybe when we get closer to playoff time, we'll have you back on to chat some NBA as always. It's just great to catch up with you, buddy. Love hearing your voice. And we'll do it again soon. Matt, thanks, buddy. Yeah, sounds perfect. I appreciate you guys. Looking forward to talking uh, some playoffs and, and whatever comes out of this uh, this trade deadline. On Let's Thursday. go. Let's go. Thanks, buddy. All right. Matt Silich, great guy, man. He was just a wonderful kid to work with when he was interning with us. And, uh, man, he, he just he knows NBA. I mean, he follows. <laughs> it's funny that he's like, I'm not a huge college. It, you'd think that he would, like, Follow that as close as the NBA, you know, as well as he knows these guys. But there's so many NBA people that just do just, not care about college. And there's on the flip side, there's yeah. college fans that well, just me. Yeah, will yeah. not watch an NBA game. It's weird. I will watch You'd an NBA game. think as a basketball fan that you want to watch as high a level right. as basketball as possible. But I get it. I'm more of a college fan than an NBA fan. So I'll watch, an, I'll watch five seconds of a – or no, I'll watch a highlight on ESPN or something of the NBA, I don't know half the guys that score. Like, seriously, like, I know the main guys, but it'll be some dude that, like, I'll look it up, and he played at Portland. And I'm like, that guy's, like, tearing up the NBA? Like, I had no idea that. It's interesting. Hey, the newest bracketology is out. So we can kind of go through and look at that uh, when we come back. But I got to do a little work here, my friend. Hey, two factors... Health and wealth undeniably intertwined and both contribute to overall life satisfaction. With the help of Busey Wealth Management, you can navigate both wellness and security, providing the freedom and peace of mind to pursue everything else life has to offer. Now, I'm going to scare the hell out of you here. According to Employee Benefit Research Institute, a 65-year-old married couple on Medicare with median prescription drug costs would need about $265,000 to have a 90% chance of covering their medical expenses in retirement. Wow. So 
Busey asks you to plan for the long term, save for emergencies, have enough for three months to a year of expenses, save for retirement. We know that. Experts recommend 10 to 15% of your income. Every little bit helps. Plan for emergencies with proper insurance, obviously. And there's the HSAs, the health savings accounts, tax-advantaged account to help offset high-deductible health plans. Busey Wealth Management, they are there for you developing your long-term wealth plan. Schedule a meeting with a member of the Busey Wealth Management team on Busey.com. Busey, member, FDIC. I remember. As Tapman's Towing celebrates 50 years of serving Central Illinois, we're always seeking good people to serve our great customers. Our team of expert tow professionals would like to interview others with CDLs, previous tow experience, or a strong interest in serving others. If you enjoy serving people, love working in the outdoors, and looking for a career, not just a job, we should talk soon. Do you have a strong desire but lack the experience? We should still talk. Visit our career page at tapmanstowing.com. You have money laying all around your house. You just don't know it. And no, I don't mean selling your great-grandma's good china. I mean all the old metal items you don't want to use or get rid of. Don't pay someone to haul it away. Bring it into Max Twin City Recycling and get paid to have it taken off your hands. They love new customers and are more than willing to walk you through their process step-by-step. Come check them out at 2808 North Lincoln Avenue in Urbana. This is XYZ Insurance. How can I help? I have a question about my home policy. Okay, question about phone policy. (sighs) Home policy. Okay, gnome policy. H-O-M-E, home. Technology is great, but sometimes it's better to talk with a real person. With Erie Insurance, you have a caring, independent agent who's with you from beginning to end. We don't have any H-O-M-E's on record. Your Erie agent in Champaign is Thomas and Eller's Insurance. Go to erieinsurance.com for company licensure and product details. Here's your OSF Healthcare Medical Minute. Hi, I'm Dr. Ahmad from OSF uh, Pain and Spine Center in Urbana, and I wanted to emphasize the importance of how common back pain and neck pain is and some of the things that can cause that. Back pain is as common as the common flu, and uh, everybody in their life gets some back pain. The uh, most common reason is posture problems, or uh, some injuries. And therefore, if initial posture adjustments, some exercises or anti-inflammatory medicines don't help, it is important to get a hold of a physical medicine rehabilitation doctor to get examined and see if there are any red flags about any nerve injury or get bones looked at by an x-ray. For more information, visit osfhealthcare.org. Hey, where are you headed? To Kelsey Furniture in Tuscola. What do they have there? What don't they have there? Living room furniture, benches, chests, love seats, sectionals, tables, bedroom sets, hutches, nightstands, end tables, cabinets, mirrors, stools, clocks, lamps, pillows, rugs, desks, media consoles, patio furniture, Tempur-Pedic mattresses, and more. So, everything. Yeah, probably could have uh, just said that. Kelsey Furniture, quality for less. By now, you've all heard the expression, when you turn the key and the car won't run, call 367-9481 for PDR Automotive. They are what's best for your truck or car. They are PDR. But who are they? They, the PDR staff, understand that a name is only as good as the people that represent it. The PDR staff has more than 335 years of combined automotive experience, several employees now on staff for more than 25 years. PDR, more than just a name. Family owned and operated, now celebrating over 50 years in business two men in a truck has been recognized as a trusted leader in the moving industry for over 35 years now we are proud to offer that same reliability to junk removal introducing two men and a junk truck to the champagne area our goal at two men and a junk truck is to help you make room for what matters most we can make your garage attic basement house or business look bigger with our furniture or appliance removal. Contact us today at twomenjunktruck.com. Since Busey Bank first opened our doors in 1868, we have built upon a tradition of close relationships and broad financial capabilities. 
Our experienced team provides the highest level of personalized service to ensure we accomplish your goals, simplifying your wealth management and business lending needs, and ensuring a legacy for generations. Building business, growing wealth since 1868. Proud to be the official bank of the Fighting Illini. Member FDIC. Looking for a way to give back to your community, learn new skills, and make a real difference? Consider volunteering with your local fire department. Seven out of ten firefighters and emergency responders are volunteers, answering the call when their community needs them the most. Be part of a dedicated team of volunteers who step up and protect their community from all types of hazards. You can be the difference. Call your local village office or reach out on social media. A big thanks to those who are volunteering to be a part of the fire department from Stevie J broadcasting. I help kids heal, learn, and grow. I provide hope. I make an impact. Ready for a career where you can make a difference and impact the lives of vulnerable youth? Then it's time to join our team at Cunningham Children's Home. We are hiring staff to provide care and supervision in our residential and educational programs. Full and part-time positions are available. Bilingual positions also needed. Cunningham Children's Home. Hope begins here. Visit CunninghamHome.org and click join our team. It is The Drive, ESPN Radio 93.5. The Drive with Tay and Piper. Kyle Tosk joining me today. Tomorrow, Andy Olson, Channel 3. We're going to talk some Illini hoops. We're going to talk about Nick Allegretti with a chance to become the first Illinois football player or former Illinois football player to win three Super Bowl titles. That's really impressive if that happens. And we're going to talk about high school basketball for boys and girls which is starting soon for the girls and not that far away for the boys. So we'll uh, talk with Andy and get the lowdown there. We're going to try to have a Michigan State person on Thursday. What else do we have Thursday? Taylon. Oh, that's right. The Taylon. inverse of Lante. <laughs> Former Illini DB special teamer. Awesome. Uh, he's going to join us, so Let's that'll be see. fun. I think it's Letsy. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So I, I need to confirm that, and that's my fault on that. I know he's a great young man. So we'll uh, visit with him Thursday, and then uh, Friday we'll hear some Brad Underwood. Hope to have Rob Collins on, former Channel 3 sports reporter, now a uh, sports director down at, a uh, I think, the Fox there in Kansas City. And every year in February, we book an interview with him because every year in February, the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. So we'll uh, visit with uh, one of our favorites, Rob Collins, hopefully on Friday. Now, you talk about a guy that's really busy this week. Um, he, he's going to try to work that in. Apologies. thought we were going to have Dion Thomas today, but uh, that did not work out. So uh, we will uh, hopefully get that uh, taken care of. As While you're on along. the subject of yeah. Super Bowl, let's just – Get some initial thoughts here because we haven't talked about it at no, all. No, we haven't at all, have we? And I know we're going to have a guest-heavy week here. So just, you know, I'm leaning, my early lean is I'm just not picking against Mahomes again. Uh, that's the thing, right? I, I, I did it twice in the playoffs. Actually, I think I picked him to beat the Bills, but that was more of a uh, <laughs> personal agenda. <laughs> I, I'm... I just I thought this was a weak Chiefs team. I thought Mahomes, while he's still Mahomes, he didn't have his best season. Didn't doesn't have the help at wide receiver that he normally has. Their defense is enormous. But their defense has been fantastic. He's stepped up and made the throws that he's needed to make here in the playoffs. Kelsey's come alive. He's just a different I'm not guy. going against the Kansas City Chiefs again. I'd at I'm this with point you. I, I would be surprised if they don't go win another one. Yep. I'm with you hundred percent. San Francisco hasn't exactly dominated in these No, playoffs. their defense has not been the defense of the regular season. One thing that's interesting, I was reading, um, not for betting purposes, yeah, right. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has thrown an interception in 14 of his 16 games this season, and San Francisco leads football with 22 interceptions. So that's something to think about, that if uh, the Niners can pick a one or two, 
from uh, Mahomes that could help change that game because, of course, San Francisco leans on their defense quite a bit, although Brock Purdy is uh, throwing the ball all around and Christian McCaffrey's running it crazy and they've got some really solid skills, as we know. Is what's-his-face back? I like when I say what's-his-face. Debo, he was kind of banged up. Now, he played in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, I think he'll play, obviously. I don't know if it'll be 100%. (laughs) Lindy said he's definitely taking the 49ers now. (laughs) Derek, not our Derek, I believe, says, do it for the Bay, Niners, baby. Why am I doing it for the Bay, Derek? Hey, I would much rather see the 49ers win. I just, in my head, yeah, I do not want uh, now, see, I grew up to go with, against Patrick Mahomes. I grew up watching Montana and Steve Young, and I saw plenty of 49ers wins. So it doesn't bother me. But at the same time, to... are we really going to have to go through the <laughs> Chiefs, Mahomes, Taylor Swift dude, celebrating I, I like on the t- field? I like Mahomes. Like, he doesn't bother I mean, yeah, me. I, His wife bothers me. She is annoying as hell. I don't have a big problem with Mahomes. Obviously, I love watching him play football. He has gotten a little bit like he had that the incident against the Bills that was earlier. He looked dumb there. And just some of the antics where he's just it's kind of the LeBron of the NFL where every oh. every incompletion there should be a flag no, there. I'm with you. Okay. And he's I, got I, his I hands up. I just there's some stuff that he's done that I, I just kind of some of his antics and whatnot that I got I, you. Haven't loved. At the same time, I love watching him play quarterback. He's incredible. So I don't have much of a problem with that. Uh, Derek said it's their slogan. Do it for the Bay Niners, baby. There you go. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I look, I, I don't. I mean, I'd rather somebody other than Kansas City won a Super Bowl, but I, it doesn't need to be San Francisco. I mean, I would have been fine with Detroit. Detroit would have yeah. been excellent. That I would have loved. I would have loved a Baltimore Detroit Super Bowl. I would have too. That's what I wanted. I really would have had uh, a lot of a lot of fun there. Lindy said Mahomes and Coleman Hawkins have the same body language. Yeah, a little bit when it comes to that kind of stuff. <laughs> not, not a bad comparison at all. Kyler, um, I'll get back to Super Bowl. Kyler said, "Did you see the flagrant against Pods last night?" That would mean I'd have to watch NBA. Yeah, no, I did not see that. I'm. I did not either. Do not watch. NBA teams that aren't the Bulls, unfortunately, until the playoffs come around. Yeah, yeah. I I did kind of see this Brock, Purdy, and Cam Newton. Like, Cam Newton was giving Purdy all sorts of crap, Yeah, Cam Newton's been on a whole – he has some podcast or something because everyone does. And uh, I think he – he said said something about he had a group of quarterbacks, but one of them he's specifically – Talking about Brock Purdy, where he said, this guy is a game manager. He doesn't make a difference. He's not a difference maker at quarterback or something. And some people are like, yeah, he's right, because I know Brock Purdy's kind of polarizing, and some people Did obviously lead the NFL in 49ers yards? fans are not pleased with that. And uh, Where did he finish in passing yards in the NFL? Let's pull this up. I mean, before we just – I know Tua led the league in passing yards. Did but, he really? Uh, he looked good in the Pro Bowl thing. <laughs> He looked good in his glasses and stuff. The like, Pro yeah. Bowl now is a joke. I mean, did you see some of the stuff? That, <laughs> I did. They're literally just playing a flag football game where nobody cares and they're running like a trick play where they throw eight laterals and he walks in for a touchdown with no defense. Oh, man. Oh. You thought the NBA All-Star game was a joke? I mean, the yeah. Pro Bowl is just a... Oh, my. Lindy did point out a good fact. The Ravens have won two Super Bowls in the last 20 years. Niners haven't won it in 30. It's been 30 years. That's hard to believe with the Niners, but uh, I don't know. They're in my division with the Cardinals, so I just don't like them. I know no, that I'm, makes sense. I, I know I'm supposed that. to I, like. I always feel like there's fan pressure to pull for your division or pull no, for your I conference. No, I see the opposite. I do too. I go the opposite. I don't want Big Ten teams to excel because that just makes them better recruiting, and I don't want Ohio State to win the national title this next year. I didn't want Michigan to win it this year. Uh, what? Where are we at on the stats? You're still pulling them up? On yeah, your- Purdy was fifth in the league in yards. Okay, that doesn't seem like a game manager to me. 
I mean, like Trent just, Dilfer was a game It just depends manager. on your definition of that term because I think the argument that Cam's trying to make is look at the pieces around him. Right. Well, is he I'm a guy sorry, that's, that's going to carry you to a victory type thing? Sorry that uh, he's got good pieces around him. I know. I, I hate that argument. I like. <laughs> I think Brock Purdy deserves so much more credit than people give him. Everyone brushes him off. This guy's now in the Super Bowl. He's had a heck of a year. I get that he's got a heck of an offense in Shanahan, but – it's a guy that's played really well as a Mister Irrelevant yeah. in the draft. I, I just I can't stand some of the just like oh he's anyone could do this. Oh yeah, like I just come on, come on. Uh, Tim sent in a good one, and it's from Football Perspective. Had a tweet. Boy, that's really small writing, but I can do it. This is a fun Super Bowl featuring a QB who led the NFL in passer rating, yards per attempt, yards per completion, touchdown rate and adjusted net yards per attempt. I don't know what any of that means. And another QB who is Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah. So there's your answer. I'm kidding. Those, I know are the, those are the stats that Purdy did lead in. Yeah. I mean, that's that to me is more than a game manager, but whatever. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how we go. Um, there was another one in here, and I forgot uh, where it was. They asked a good question, and I guess I did not. They must have texted <laughs> 217 says, Kyle, do you love watching Coleman Hawkins? <laughs> I do like when he's playing well. I don't Heck really yeah. love it when I respect you know, he, him. I I do too. I I and you you kind of love having just kind of that. Every other fan base hates him, but you he's your guy, and he's just kind of an antagonizer. That's kind of what Coleman is. I will say I would maybe advise him like if you just slap a guy on the wrist and we see eight replays are you doing that maybe don't argue with the official for the next two minutes but hey I, you know he plays with passion i i do um, love I coleman i agree uh dion had to get on a call for work ah. so he just apologized to me so um you know dion's not just gonna blow you off so we'll try to get him maybe later this week um he asked if he could call now but we only have like a minute so, no, we want more time with we him. We want than more that. Dion. Uh, uh, yeah. So here we go. About to finish show. I'm sure he's listening. Here's uh, we'll touch base about later this week. Great radio of Lon's text reply <laughs> out loud. There we go. What emoji do I put? No, I'm kidding. I didn't put an emoji. That's pretty cool. I know you got that one emoji. You use that one emoji all the time. I the can't remember what it is. Laughing face or it's something. Oh boy! You're, you're then you also just use your ha ha without. I an do emoji. the ha ha all the time, and the, and I'm a big three dot. What do you call that? Any? It starts with an e, right? An ellipsis, ellipsis or something. Yeah, it means there's another thought coming, and I sometimes don't have another thought. <laughs> I just I just like the idea because, like to me, the three dots. Save me from understanding if a comma should have gone there. Right? I can just go with the, well, look, I wasn't trying to be grammatically perfect here. I just was going with the three dots. That's kind of the way I look at it. All right, start, <laughs> start my song. Let's go. I act like it's my song. I didn't mean that, Kyle. I mean, I guess it is your song. Well, Whose song is it? I apologizing to you, you know. Uh... Yeah, that's Lon is very I'm, distracted I'm right just now. Just reading text, which means it probably is time to go. Yeah, I think we better get out of here. Andy Olson, Channel Three tomorrow. Maybe Dion Thomas. Maybe we'll get him on tomorrow. That and would maybe work. Luke Goody as well. We're oh, still right. working on that to try to get him on. That's right. I got to. Yeah, that's that's true. I think he is going to join us tomorrow. So let's go. We'll awesome. have some fun with that. Uh, all right. Well, I'm off to another basketball game. Fifth in seven days. And I love every second of it. I wouldn't trade it for the world. So we will talk to everybody soon and that means three o'clock tomorrow we're out it is the drive Are you tired of shivering in the winter? Look no further than your local heroes at ABC Heating and Air Conditioning. Hi, this is Gina inviting you to give us a call at 217-352-5400 to book your appointment to make sure your furnace is running safely and efficiently this winter. We've been proudly locally owned and operated and have been serving our community for over 50 years. ABC, always be comfortable. Call me, 217-352-5400 to book your appointment today or go to abcheatingandac.com.
First Federal Savings Bank of Champaign-Urbana invested in our community since 1908. Before you buy your home in 2024, we invite you to speak with one of our experienced lenders, Jack, Jim, Kim, or Lane. Experience the convenience of working with a local lender with local service, decisions, and loan underwriting in our comfortable offices. Visit us to experience the exceptional friendly service from our knowledgeable staff. Hey, if you're not already banking with us, give us a try. We think you'll love it here. We do. 356bank.com, First Federal. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS. 435-120. In an ever-changing real estate market, it is so important to work with experienced agents like Russ and Nick Taylor with the Taylor teams at Taylor Realty Associates. They have the knowledge and expertise to get your home sold for the most amount of money in the shortest amount of time. Trust the experience and success of Russ and Nick Taylor with the Taylor team at Taylor Realty Associates. Give them a call today at 217-355-0700 or visit them online at taylorboys.com. That's taylorboys.com. Kelsey Furniture in downtown Tuscola sells Tempur-Pedic beds. What's it like? I'm going to tell you right now, Stevie, that that thing is the best thing I've ever slept on in my life. My wife and I both have said we've never had better night's sleep. And the people at Kelsey's were fantastic. Brian is the guy that helped us. You know, as much as I did my research, he had a world of knowledge about beds themselves. Oh, man, it's like sleeping on a cloud, man. Kelsey Furniture, downtown Tuscola. Here's your OSF Healthcare Medical Minute. Hi, I'm Dr. Ahmad from OSF uh, Pain and Spine Center in Urbana, and I wanted to emphasize the importance of how common back pain and neck pain is, and some of the things that can cause that. Back pain is as common as the common flu, and uh, everybody in their life gets some back pain. The uh, most common reason is posture problems or uh, some injuries. And therefore, if initial posture adjustments, some exercises or anti-inflammatory medicines don't help, it is important to get a hold of a physical medicine rehabilitation doctor to get examined and see if there are any red flags about any nerve injury or get bones looked at by an x-ray. For more information, visit osfhealthcare.org. Make a difference in your community. Become an iRead, iCount volunteer this spring. Application deadline is February 9th, and the program runs from March 19th through April 26th. A few hours can change a child's trajectory. Approved volunteers sign up online for school day and time preferences. On-site training is available for employer groups. It's one hour a week for seven weeks, seven hours total. This rewarding experience positively impacts a child's future. Volunteers work with struggling kindergarten and first grade students in the Champaign-Urbana area on literacy and math skills. Reading and math are fundamental workforce skills and workforce development is critical to economic development and fights poverty and violence. Volunteer now for one hour a week for seven weeks total. For details on how to step up for the I Read, I Count program, connect with Cheryl. Visit the Champaign County Chamber of Commerce at champaigncounty.org. 